Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee or The People's Mentor. And this is episode, oh my gosh, of the show. <laughs> it's all becoming a blur. What can I say? It's all becoming a blur. No, this is episode 455 of the show, and it's actually a really cool interview I did. Um, this is ages ago, and I found this drafted in my phone, and it's such a great, great podcast. Um, her name is Rebecca, and she's interviewing me, asking all kinds of – she really starts with, like, tough questions right off the bat that I think you guys are going to really love, especially if you're enjoying stuff like the trauma episode from about a week ago. So with that said, I hope you listen thoroughly. It is a longer episode because a lot of these interviews that I really do love doing, by the way. So if you have a show or something, just, you know, shoot me a message and we can get it scheduled. Oh, that was a nice long yawn. Sorry. I know I probably just made you yawn, but I can't help it. It's 545 in the morning and I'm uploading this. Okay. This is for you. This is for you, Lehigh. Anyway, you're probably supposed to like edit this out when you yawn in the middle of an intro, but this is me. Let's go. So anyway, the episode's a little longer, right? Because I'm doing an interview, which I love doing, but this is going to be so good to use during the day. Just throw it on during the car, maybe during a workout, something like that. I know some of you really like when my, when my podcasts are the longer form. And so here's just an example of that. If you are somebody who ends up enjoying and loving this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review. I know it takes a little bit extra time, but it really means a lot to me. And the subscriptions of the show, make sure you subscribe because that is actually how we spread the news of the podcast. So thank you so much for doing that. I really, 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 really appreciate that. What you're hearing on the show, even though it is a... Uh, an interview, nothing on the show is intended to be an income claim. And I'm not claiming that this is not taking a lot of hard work and I'm not claiming my results are ordinary. So with that said, make sure you're listening from that lens. And if you choose to join something network marketing, which you should, <laughs> uh, which you should, please make sure you're listening to it with, um, an understanding that this is a lot of hard work and by no way are my results typical in the bio. You're going to see a link for jessieleetelegram.com. Make sure you click that. Make sure you go there. If you go to jessieleetelegram.com, jessieleetelegram.com, jessieleetelegram.com. Today's going to be a pop-up Zoom, so make sure you're part of that and you don't miss it. Today's reviewer of the show is Jag, A-L-S-S Smigs. Freaking love you. Five stars. Your, all your trainings are always golden. I love listening to all your different channels, especially when I'm feeling down and out. Everything you say gets me back to the right mindset. You're so inspirational in so many ways. You have super similar backgrounds, and you have everything I've always dreamed of, which I know means I can have it too. Thank you for all you do. Keep on shining, baby girl. I love it. I like being called baby girl too. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Enjoy this episode of the show. Awesome. This meeting is being recorded. <laughs> that yes, new alert. Lee, welcome to the Balanced Beautiful Abundance Show. Hey, how you doing? I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you on the show. Let me tell my audience why I'm so excited to have you on the show. Jesse Lee is a heart-driven, culture-driven superstar businesswoman. She's in the Network Marketing Hall of Fame for being a verified seven-figure money earner. She's the number one money earner in her network marketing company, Prove It, a company that's known for ketones that you can drink. Hey. <laughs> she graduated, uh, she created her own unique team culture within her company called The Empire. And within 10 months of joining the company, she became the number one money earner and a million dollar money earner. She now has a team all over the world and she speaks on stages all over the world. And that's how I met Jessie Lee. I saw her speak in a virtual international conference called GoPro, and I was just amazed by her raw authenticity. And one of my missions as a coach is to inspire women to be unapologetically authentic. Love it. So she's just like the number one example of this. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. Let's get right into it, because I know you have a very busy schedule today. So you grew up in a basement, or you didn't grow up, you didn't grow up in a basement. <laughs> when you found network marketing, you were living in a basement yes. when you found direct sales, and your rent was 300 a month. But let's talk about your growing up. How has, how has growing up in poverty driven you to achieve so much success in network marketing? Yeah, so um, I got to tell you, I think that if you have the perspective that everything in life is that is bad that is happening to you is damaging to you then your life will reflect that 
But if you decide that all the bad stuff that is happening to you, which by the way, I'll stop for a second to say that's valid. The bad stuff is valid. The trauma is valid. The things that should have never happened to you that happened to you and it has messed with your head. Those are valid things. But I'm saying how you choose to view them is where the blessings come into play. And so um, all of the bad, you know, I, you know, I use the word bad lightly at this point in my life. The bad things that happened to me in my life have all set me up for greater successes. And so growing up as somebody who didn't have all the stuff all the kids had or, you know, growing up as somebody who, you know, the clothes didn't fit or I got made fun of or I was bullied or, you know, was sitting alone at all the lunches or wouldn't let people in was really hard personality because, you know, there were kids that had stuff and then there was me and I didn't and it made me uncomfortable and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all of those things, I look at how I am in network marketing now and not even just network marketing, business in general, because I have a lot of businesses. It set me up for huge success. Like a lot of people are so scared of the word. No, I know you know this, Rebecca, right? Like people are told no five times and you would think that they were basically shot at, right? People are told, oh, not right now. Oh, I don't know if that's for me. And people mentally shut down. They physically shut down. They literally go out of business. And it's like, because somebody told you no, I was told no constantly. I could not convince my mom to get me ice cream from the ice cream truck. I couldn't beg her to take me shopping at the store. It was always a hard no. And so I stopped going to, to the same people over and over again. I stopped going to my mom for the same thing over and over again. I started, you know, being resourceful uh, in other aspects. And so taking that then into the business world, like, no, don't scare me. You know, you don't like me. Okay. You're making fun of me. Cool. That was my whole childhood. I'm not bothered by it anymore. You know, like you want to bash me or make me try to sit alone or whatever. Like, okay. I'm aware of how to find my people now. And so, um, I think, I think when people grow up with a rough childhood, like I did and so many others, you know, it's not unique. You either, you go one of two ways. You either go super far down the negative, toxic, life is terrible, you know, and I'm just going to keep on perpetuating these bad things in my life, rabbit hole, or you fly, you know, because you, everything that happened to me, I just kind of look at it like it's rocket fuel. I'm like, oh, okay, well, all that happened. Now I learned. So you can choose to learn. There's lessons um, in everything. And uh, that's what I chose to do. Yeah. That is so beautiful. Well, you've definitely flown. So you speak on stages all over the world as a trainer in network marketing. Yeah. What makes your training different from all the other trainers in network marketing? Oh, just the best. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's funny. funny. No. Uh, okay. So I teach on stages around the world that are also not network marketing based, which is really cool. Like also. All stages. Yeah. Like uh, I, I just, I have a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with network marketing. Network marketing is absolutely my largest source of income. I think it is the most under appreciated profession in the world. So if you're listening to this and you're considering, um, you're considering a network marketing opportunity, I would say, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, uh, what makes me different? Couple things. First of all, I'm not like anyone else. So if you watch me train, if you watch me coach, uh, before we started recording, we had a little bit of a conversation and you were like, you are contagious. Like you're so addictive. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Like I have this energy about me and, and it's, you can't fake it. You know, you can't fake, uh, you can't fake good intentions because people are so into people are like, I'm an empath. I'm intuitive. I'm like, everybody has intuition. Everybody does. It's not a new thing. People just never talked about it before. Right? Like I'm like, good. So you can tell when there's good and there's evil. Good. Right. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm me and I've never tried to go on stage and be, you know, the sweet little docile, whatever. Uh, and I have my sweet moments. I cry on stage. I do whatever, but my, my energy is just very different. I think than a lot of people, um, I'm funny, you know, like I throw comedy in there. Uh, and I also think that I, I have a very unique story in the sense of I've had three businesses I've built from nothing to multi-millions annually, three separate businesses. And so from the perspective of nothing was handed to me, not to say, like, I, like not, you know, whatever, this is not to trigger anybody when I say that. Right. But I literally did it on, I did it without any help, so to speak three times. 
So when I talk, people go, no, like she knows what she's talking about. That girl's like top recruiter in the world in all network marketing. That girl is a sales monster. That girl is developing leaders so freaking fast. She's the culture queen. She, I'm just going to listen. And so I know like people that don't even like me watch me. I'm like, you should. If you don't like me, I would still watch me and I would take notes and then I would repurpose it and try to make it my own because it's good stuff. Um, it's good stuff, but I, I would say it's mostly, I'm just, I'm me. I'm not trying to copy anyone else. I'm not trying to do your trainings. I'm not trying to do anybody else's trainings. I'm not trying to just trying to be Jesse Lee. And that makes it easy for me, fun for me. I, mean, I don't want to say effortless, but pretty, pretty effortless and carefree. And, and then it's something that I really enjoy, you know? So I think that makes me stand out. Yeah. So you talk about people not liking you and they want to listen to you anyway. So did you ever... Pat, were your feelings ever hurt if anybody like talked shit about you or didn't like you? <laughs> my feelings were hurt this week. I actually asked my friends, I was like, I said, I'm not like, I don't know all the planet stuff, but I literally texted some friends of mine today and I said, are there like things out of alignment? Like, are those those retrograde things right now? People are being really mean this week. And uh, when I was like, yes, I actually asked so-and-so because, you know, someone who knows all the planet, whatever. She's like, she said Mer Mercury's out of uh, whatever the thing is, right? I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> um, you know, here's the thing is that I think people forget sometimes that even if you're doing it behind the internet, these are humans, yeah. And the only way to completely avoid the hate would be to not look at it at all. And meaning like if I was Beyonce and I never actually have logged into Instagram, you know, like I have somebody managing it, but this is me. So like if you're live with me and you're bashing me and I see it, like I don't go down the rabbit hole like a lot of people do where I'm like, oh, it's true. I look like a man. Oh, it's true. I'm so loud and stupid. Oh, it's true. I should shut up. Like, no, because I'm never going to shut up. Okay. Uh, and I, and I, I, I have a lot of self uh, appreciation. I don't know about like self love, I think is like a whole other topic right now, but I really appreciate who I am or I've come from. So nobody's going to make me like feel any type of way about it. But when you're alive and it's like, you know, I go live most of the time to over a thousand people on all three platforms, you know, like it's, it's busy and it's like, you're getting hammered by people. Sometimes you're kind of like, what is wrong with people? Uh, but I got, I got really hammered on YouTube this week, which was, was, was my big thing. And I was like, these people, like for a minute, I was like, I didn't stop. I didn't cry. I didn't get upset, but I did have that minute of like, who raised these people? What is wrong with these people? What? What? Sorry, Godson. What is wrong with these people? Why are they? Why are they so hateful? And then you just have to remind yourself that when people are being nasty about you, they're not talking about you. When people are hating on things yeah. you're doing, they're not talking about you. When people are, you know, um, tearing up your profession, it they hate their profession. When people are saying your body this, your body that, your face this, your whatever. You know, you're a, you're a scam artist. You're what? I, like, what? Your full-time job is hating people on the internet and you think that's okay? We just have right. different morals. We have different sets of values and that's okay. But that is not my problem. That's yours. And I think that if more people would just focus on when somebody is saying a bunch of stuff about you, they're not actually talking about you and you choose to take the moral high ground, um, you'll have a lot more abundance and happiness, etc., come into your life for sure. That is, I love that, Jesse Lee. They're talking about themselves. It's like the whole thing when one finger's pointing at you, there's three. That's three pointing point right back, girl. Tell them, tell them. That's right. So that that is amazing. So let's talk about hitting bottom, okay? So you talk about 2017, Ooh. and you lost your. Were you engaged? Your romantic relationship? Oh, girl, I lost everything. Let's just go down the list. I lost my my. Okay, so where do we start? Oh, okay. So 2017, um, first of all, my Nana died. That's the woman who raised me. And that is actually the only lasting horrible thing that happened of 2017. Everything else ended up fine, but, uh, that's so permanent, but yeah. everything else, is but also fine. like, she's, she's here all the time. I, I, there's not a day that goes by. I don't feel, I don't feel her. Um, there's not a day that doesn't go by. I don't still pray 
pray for her. You know, I feel her when I'm doing like all the time, you know, I smell her sometimes. It's the craziest thing. So I, I truly believe, you know, I've got, I've got angels. So that's okay. Even honestly speaking, it was her time, unfortunately. Um, but uh, that was the only permanent thing. Yeah. So I was, I had gone through a divorce. I was, I was, I was, I had been separated, divorced. Um, the it's, it's Vic by the way. So like we're back together again. So like I said, it's not, it's not permanent. Everything's good. But like we were together five years ago uh, and then 2017 all exploded, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, back together again. Perfect. Awesome. Happy. Give me babies. Let's get married, etc. Um, again, you're going to get married again to the same guy. No, a different man. Totally different man. Oh, um, it's too. a it's girl. It's, a. it's too long for the podcast. <laughs> too long for the podcast. Um, I got betrayed by who I thought was my best friend, uh, really lost nearly every close friendship of mine. Um, for the same reason. And then I was terminated. I was making over $200,000 a month. I was terminated. And then I had, then I was getting sued by a master distributor of a company. I sued a company. Um, I mean, it was, it was crazy. Like it was like, if some, if a dumpster was on fire, it was like, well, here's her personal life. Throw it in. Here's her professional life. Throw it in. Here's her romantic life. Throw it in. Here's her, like, it was like everything was falling apart. But I gotta tell you, um, I, I don't want to say like, I took like a sabbatical from God. Cause that's not true. But when you, when you, uh, have, when you feel like you're spiraling out of control and there's nowhere left to turn, and this is not like, I'm not going to tell anyone what to believe in, but I will tell you, you, your faith will get tested. You will get shoved towards a higher power because nothing makes sense. And so I was raised in the church, you know, like five, six days a week with Nana, like never stopped believing. But I was like, I haven't been to church in a decade. You know, I hadn't opened a Bible and I couldn't tell you when, you know, like I was like a fair weather Christian, you know, I was going on Easter and Christmas like, hey, here's my, you know, you know, and it just, it made me go, whoa, you have got to realize that there is. There is more to life than what you're doing. You are, a lot of stuff is seems like it's out of control, but it's actually perfectly in control. It's happening exactly how it's supposed to. And as soon as I started having more faith uh, towards my life actually has a plan and I'm not supposed to be the one that controls everything. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm in such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful space in my life now. And uh, everything has come back together exactly how it's supposed to. And, uh, and I just, as much as 2017 was something that I would, honest to God, I mean, that's like just sugarcoating everything, honestly. Um, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemies. I'm in a company where I'm wrecking in the whole industry. You know, I'm on all the stages. I'm, I'm massive. You know, I'm, I'm a freaking household name. How did that happen? I don't know crazy it wouldn't have happened if 2017 hadn't happened though because it created a new level of hunger in me it created a new desire it created a new level of what can you actually do like you've done this but where can you actually go and I I don't know if it would have happened if I hadn't okay I needed to eat my humble pie let's say that first of all okay I don't know if all of this goodness in my life would have happened if I had not had to eat some humble pie. Um, it also taught me how to move back to the, just the intuition conversation in a second. We're all intuitive beings, but it taught me to listen more. It taught me to slow down. It taught me to get still. And then it taught me that I, I really, really, really can fly. So yeah, it was, it actually ended up being huge, huge blessings. So thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, God got your attention. I like that. God got my attention. Sister, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he was like, really? You want to be cocky? Let me throw it like, come on, let's, okay. You're going you're gonna to calm down, Jesse Lee. You're going to calm down. Yeah, that's what happened. You, you deepened your faith and you humbled out and then you, you just recreated and you recreated a new and better version of Jesse Lee. I love it. So I was doing my research on your girlfriend and I read somewhere in some article that you counsel couples. So is that true? And what in your opinion makes a successful romantic relationship? Um, I definitely don't counsel couples. <laughs> so some, so somebody's lying on the internet, but they do that a lot about me. I mean, the only kind of like couples counseling I can think of is like when I'm coaching our team members through stuff for sure. But, um, but I can still answer that. I can still answer that question because yeah, it's all the same. I mean, honestly speaking, relationships are relationships. So this is the same in a romantic relationship as it is in a personal relationship, as it is in a professional relationship. First of all, are you communicating? 
You know, most people never say what they actually think. And then somebody seems to just walk out or disappear. Well, think of the congruencies in your personal business and your, you know, nobody ever just gets up and leaves. Nobody ever just gets up and quits a business. They've been waiting for you to communicate properly and you're not for God knows how long, or they're straight up underappreciated, or you're not communicating with them the way you should be in the sense of like, what is their love language? You know, do they need to sit down with you? Do you need to hold their hand? Do you need to, you know, go fly somewhere and spend some quality time with them? Do you need to get them a gift of appreciation because whatever, do you need to write them a card? All of this is the same in your business. I say this all the time. I'm like, if you don't like your relationships, ignore them. Don't go away. You don't, you don't like your husband, ignore him. You don't like your wife, ignore her. They will go away. It's only a matter of time right? You don't like your team, keep cashing checks and not pouring into them. Yeah. You think people are golden handcuffed. I'll tell you right now, when I was terminated in 2017, I haven't told this story ever until this week. So it's so funny that you're asked, you got my brain like in this spot, Rebecca, wait, go girl. Oh my God. When I was terminated, I'll never forget. I'm terminated. And I stayed really calm because I, I, was like, uh-oh, this probably isn't a time that you start screaming. <laughs> right? I just stayed calm. And the, the lawyer that, that terminated me, she said, like, you could tell they were kind of spooked that I wasn't really, like, I was, I was like, okay. And I stood up and she said, well, aren't you going to try to overturn it? Because I was making over 200 grand a month. And I went, no, I don't think so. And I walked out. So those of you that are not appreciating the relationships and the business partners you have in your life, keep on under appreciating them. If $200,000 a month didn't get me to stay, didn't get me to fight for that money, come on. You got to love your people. You got to love your people. Yeah, it reminds me of how to win friends and influence people. People will work for a living, but they'll die for recognition. Yes. And whatever recognition is for them, right? Like that's different right. for all kinds of people. So knowing how people uh, need, need to be loved is really important stuff. And I know Brian, your current CEO, knows how to make you feel loved because you talk about him in all your podcasts. <laughs> Not all of them, but uh, that's my dude. <laughs> he, uh, he speaks my love languages very well. You know, my main love language is, uh, is receiving gifts, you know? So <laughs> he buys me a lot of fancy stuff and you know, whatever. I love it. Um, and then, you know, I, I like when it comes to business, access service is very important to me. So in my business, when I say I need A, B, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, F, G gets done, you know, That's like, um, and I don't have to sit around and, and wait. I get responses when I need to, etc. So yeah, he's, he's my dude. We're a good, we're a good partnership for sure. That is awesome. So one of the keys to your success is your work ethic. How do you handle overwhelm? How do you manage your time? <laughs> I love it. Did you, did you go to Most Powerful Women in that report? Yes, I know that was a big theme. Overwhelm. Yeah, so I don't think you're going you're gonna to hear a very different response than, uh, than what that person trained because uh, I don't subscribe to what she said. And one thing I'll say with personal development is like pick and choose what's for you. Can you let Wilkie in, please? Pick and choose what's for you. Okay, like, and what I mean by that is when, when somebody gets on a stage and or gets on anything, a podcast, you're listening to this and you're like, I like that that she said. I don't like that what she says. I like what she said there. I don't like that. Good. That's what you should do when you're personally developing. Everything shouldn't be, yes, that is, that's the truth. So this stage, you know, there's nothing wrong with her. Maybe this works for some people, but this lady gets on stage and she's talking about, uh, you know, I don't do overwhelm. And I about lost my mind because all the chats that I saw, because I could see everything, I was at the studio, were like, oh, thank God, she says not to do overwhelm. Thank God somebody's giving me permission to be lazy. Is I'm like, oh, no. I do overwhelm. And I love it. It is, it, and don't hear that as some weird psycho thing, but like, because it sounded a little crazy. There is a reason I'm so successful, and it's because I'm obsessed. When I do something, I'm not one foot in and one foot out. I'm not one foot out and one foot on a banana peel. I'm not today feels convenient, tomorrow, I don't think so. I'm not 
oh, <laughs> no, I love it. I love working. I love doing calls. I love contributing. I love being the one who is burning the candle on both ends. Because then I get to, when I do take a vacation and I'm spending $20,000, I don't care. I'll go this close to burnout. Like I get so in, totally engrossed in what I'm doing. I get that close to burning out. And then I go, whoo, Costa Rica. Whew, okay. Like I run, but I'll tell you what's overwhelming. Okay. Overwhelming to me is more like not being able to pay my bills when I couldn't pay my bills 10 years ago. It was more overwhelming to me when people would say, do you want to go out? Let's go out to to dinner or to drinks or to whatever. Cause I was 22 years old and I'd say, I'd have to lie. And I'd say, no, that was overwhelming. It was overwhelming to pull up to a gas station and put $5 in the, the, uh, you had to go inside and give them $5 because I could not swipe the credit card because the credit card would put the $50 hold on it. And I didn't have $50. That's overwhelming. That gave me anxiety. It doesn't yeah. give me anxiety to do what I love. It doesn't give me anxiety or panic or overwhelming feelings to show up for our team. This is the path that I chose. And so when people are like, I oh, don't do overwhelm. I'm going to go sit outside in my hammock again today. I'm going to go build sandcastles because I talked to three prospects and I am just burning myself out. No, you're not. You are not. You are literally not working and you're sitting over there singing kumbaya, thinking that you can refresh your Facebook messenger list in a, in a, a, a million dollar future earner is sitting in your inbox. They're not. The future million dollar earners are watching my stuff because they go, ha someone who can coach me. They're not watching you. So you don't want to do overwhelm. Your life will be continue, will continue to be riddled with overwhelm if you do not have a work ethic. So you don't need to match mine because I know mine's a little aggressive. Whoever's watching this, I know people are watching it, right? Like you don't have to do what I do, but I think we need to stop demonizing this, this overwhelm word. We need to stop with this. Find the balance. I know I'm not the one. <laughs> like you got the wrong girl on the podcast, Rebecca. I'm not looking for balance. I'm not looking for balance. I think it's, you can have the work ethic, but it's more of the perspective because if you're like, oh my God, I got, I got too many things to do. I got this call. I got that call. I need to get back to this person and that person. Like, I think it's more of a mindset overwhelmed than being lazy. Like, oh my God, yes. I gotta, it's like getting stressed out about your day rather than just staying calm and executing yeah. it. And then, so then it is be solution oriented. So if you're somebody who the problem is exactly what you just said, are you using a calendar or are you going into your day? And the reason why you're overwhelmed is because you wake up to an alarm and then you, or you don't either way. And you look at your calendar and you're like, or there is no calendar. And you go, I don't know. What do I do today? Uh, this is what most people do. I don't know. I'm an entrepreneur. What do I do today? That, yes, I bet you are overwhelmed. I bet you're about to lose your mind because you're so stressed out because you don't know you're, you're, you're out of control. I don't know if that's even overwhelmed. Then you just don't feel like you're in control. So you want to be in control of your life then control your calendar. And I think it's true about delegation because for myself, I get overwhelmed with all the technology of being an entrepreneur because yeah. I'm not a techie. Yeah. So if I try to like figure out how to do an automation on MailChimp, for some people, I'll do it in five minutes. For me, it's like, oh, this is so hard because I don't think that way. So it's also about staying in your zone of genius. And I'm sure you delegate the heck out of all your tasks and your... And yeah, I mean, here's a little maybe assignment or something for anybody listening to this who feels a lot of overwhelm and you're, that's not my zone is genius. That's not, look, I want you to go through your week this next week. So today's Friday. So from Friday to Friday, and I want you to write down and pay attention to all the things you're doing. And then I want you to ask yourself, did that have to be done by me? Right. And if the answer is no, and you're supposed to be, call it the big breadwinner of your family or whatever. Okay. Well, stop, delegate, get help, you know? So as an example, it's like, this is a, we're going to go down all these rabbit holes. I feel it, but I love it. This is a good conversation. Like when people like, okay, a lot of moms, I recruit a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of moms, a lot of business partners that are moms. And they say stuff, you know, like, oh, I just know I have to get the kids lunches together. I have to do all this stuff. I'm like, aren't you, are, are you the main, and you're the main source of income in your family? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm like, can, you know, oh, I can't be on that call. I can't go on that trip with, with you guys to the bit, to the event. I, you know, I have to find a babysitter. I'm like, what? What? Well, you know, I have to ask my husband if he'll babysit. No, your husband doesn't need to babysit. Your husband can watch his children. Your husband can make their, their sandwiches. Your husband can clean. Cleaning is not a gender assigned task. Making yes. a bed is not a gender assigned task. If you're the rainmaker, make it rain, baby. Make That's it rain, right. baby. Like, let's go. But go through that. Do it, do it all week. You know, you'll find things where you'll go, why was I doing that? Yes. And those are your little time sucks where you're actually more than likely self-sabotaging. And, uh, you know, I want you to pay attention no matter what business anybody's in that's listening. Like, do you know what your commissions are when you sell a bottle of whatever or a pack of whatever or you recruit a whatever or you whatever? Do you know what your actual commissions are? Because I know some people go, oh, I'm not at the stage that you and Rebecca are at where I can hire somebody to clean or I can hire somebody for my meals or I can hire somebody to uh, do the yard. I can. Okay. What does it cost to mow your yard? 20 bucks, 50 bucks, hundred bucks. I don't know how big your, your yards are, right? Okay. Let's call it a hundred bucks. That must be a pretty big yard. <laughs> that must be like a four hour yard or something. Like we're talking acres probably, but that's okay. So we'll, we'll use that as an example. So that's probably like four hours, right? For a hundred dollar yard. How is your time better spent? How many bottles of whatever, packs of whatever, trials of whatever do you need to sell as a brand new person in business to make that make sense? Because I will guarantee you what most people do is this is this their business is a, is a plan B. You know, yeah. they've got a plan A, they've got a plan B, they've got a plan C, they've got a plan. They got all these plans. They're mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, doing all this other stuff to distract from keeping the main thing, the main thing. And it's actually sabotaging their businesses. They don't need to do those things, but they're putting all this filler work in. And then when you touch base with them, you say, why is it, why haven't you hit your core rank yet this month? Why haven't you hit that bonus enough? Why haven't you? Oh, well, I was so busy. You know, I had to, I had to do the laundry. No, you didn't. Like there, you've seen some people in the back. I saw, I saw her walk past a minute ago. I don't I clean. in the background. I see toddlers. I've I know. seen two dogs. I've I seen know. I've okay, seen but like a lot, like you watch my cleaning girl Gloria. That's my home girl, man. Gloria, no, Jesse Lee don't cook. She don't clean. She don't do none of that. Gloria comes up in here multiple times a week. Channels my life. My time That's is right. not well spent doing that. My dogs have a dog walker. Why? Because yeah. why would I walk? I mean, like I'll walk them when I'm stressed, right? But they need to be walked every single day. It is not a good use of my time to spend an hour when it's fifteen dollars for the dogs to be walked. Right. Right. Like, what? How much can I sell in an hour? Yeah. That's what more of you I need to be thinking about. I would hire, I'm so, I'm like you, I'm a dog mom. I'm so obsessed with my dogs that if I don't walk them, I get dog guilt. But yeah. Yeah. But like I, I would too, which is why I was like, okay, Paul, I need to hire you every day. Paul comes seven okay. days a week, rain or shine. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's $15. And how much can I sell in yes. a dedicated hour? I love it. I don't need to be a million dollar earner. To be able to afford that, you could be doing, a, you could hire a dog walker, a clean, a whatever. Yeah. So for the next week, everyone listening, track it. Yeah. Track it. That's a great assignment. That is a great assignment. Track your time. So I know we're running out of the time and I still have three more questions. Go, go, yeah. go. All good. It's, it's a fun conversation. We can, we can oh, keep no, we're, we're rocking. So why is patience one of your superpowers? How did you get to be so darn patient? I love it. Thanks for asking that. First of all, it was one of my biggest weaknesses. So let's start there. So anybody who's like, how does she stay so calm under pressure? Um, it is an acquired skill set. Okay. So if you're like, I'm the hothead, I'm the whatever girl, I used to pop off on people so fast. I was so quick tongued. I mean, not good. Not good. And I started to realize that by not taking the time to slow down and see things from other people's perspectives, it was really affecting a lot of things negatively. And so I appreciate that people notice I'm patient now because it was definitely one of my biggest weaknesses. I was shoving good people away. Um, people were scared to talk to me. They were like, she's so aggressive. 
And now people are like, she's soft. You're going to make her cry. Like, you better be nice to Jessie Lee. Because she, mm. you know, it's funny you mentioned, um, like, we start, we talked about Sarah at the beginning of this call. Yeah. Like, I love Sarah Yeah, like, I said something about her, or I, I just saw her, like, a week ago, right? And we had a conversation together where I'm like, I, I mean, I, didn't, I don't even know if I ever thought this conversation, like, talk, I would ever talk to you like this. You know, like, we have both, like, just the personal growth, you know, yeah. like, to just I'm a different person and everybody should become a different version of themselves. And patience was just something where I really saw it reflected in my team worse than anything. Um, because if people are too nervous to have a conversation with you, that's a courageous conversation because they're sure that you're just going to yell at them or they're so sure that you're just going to never listen to their side of the story. It's not healthy. I mean, we had a situation literally last night where, uh, somebody is just acting, I mean, they're acting quite psychotic if we're being totally honest they're not a leader or anything but they're acting a little bit you know out there and I just said hey just give me her phone number and the uh, and the leader above this person was like what I said just give me her phone number she's like what are you gonna do I was like I'm gonna call her she's like what do you mean you're gonna call her I was like I'm going to call her I want to see like what's going on she's like well what are you gonna say I'm like just gonna ask what's going on talk to me but Four years ago, three years ago, if I had that phone number, man, I don't even know if I would have used it. I probably would have just sent a passive aggressive, really long aggressive, all half in caps, half in whatever exclamations here. <laughs> Text message, screenshot it, sent it to 75 different people. Look at this. You know, I just, I think it's personal growth, but I think that um, emotional intelligence is the number one trait of a leader. If you guys are taking notes, write that down. Emotional yeah. intelligence is the number one, number one trait of a good leader. You know, something that a, that a leader on our team said to me probably three years ago, she said, Jesse Lee, I love it. You are like the eye of the storm. I said, what do you mean? She's like, we just, we never really know. Like, are you mad? <laughs> are you happy? Like, are you really excited? Cause you're just, you're really even keeled like all the time. I'm like, there is no reason to be super high highs, super low lows. You freak people out. But it took a lot of learning. It was a process. <laughs> All right, for me to get here. <laughs> How did you calm the F down? Did you meditate? Did you do yoga? Was it 2017 when you got your butt whooped? What happened? I mean, 2017 knocked me over. 2017 knocked me over. Um, I had to become a completely different person. Wow. Completely different person. And I mean, I'm still... like Like... Just my softness in general, I was super aggressive all the time for no reason. Like I had these protective walls up uh, because I was hurt a lot in my childhood. And so I thought that everybody had ill intentions and all these people that are being nice to me don't really want to be nice to me. So like, why would I, why would I, why would I let them in kind of a thing? And everything was aggression. And then 2017, it was like, what are you going to, you're going to shove everyone away. You're just going to be alone forever. Okay. Good idea. Good, good plan. Jesse Lee, see how well that works out for you. So, um, no, it was definitely, it was definitely 2017 for sure. Um, I just saw so many big gaping holes in my leadership. And I knew that if I wanted to, to become the leader that I aspired to become and still do aspire to become, I had to continue to elevate and become a different version of myself. I had to change as a person. Like, I feel bad for people who, uh, I mean, I don't blame them, but I feel bad for people who judge me from, you know, 2015, 2016, even 2017 and, and further, even in the past, just a, even 18, 19, 20, quite frankly, because I'm constantly elevating, right? Uh, there's a different iteration of me. If I haven't seen you in six months, we have to, we have to meet again. Just a different person. Absolutely. And that's why I love your podcast, The People's Mentor, because you're constantly elevating and raising the bar on yourself and the people who listen every day. Thank you. You're welcome. So you said in one of the bios I read about you, you read one line in the book, Secrets of Six-Figure Women, which is so funny because- <laughs> This is I such a well-researched interview. I like you a lot. This is great. Okay, keep going. I went to Princeton. I'm not messing around. Woo! I actually wrote a book called How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time, which oh. you can get on Amazon or Audible. So I like the name of this book because it's very similar. It was called The Secrets of Six-Figure Women. And you said you one line in that book changed your whole life. So I've, yeah. I've got to ask you, what was that one line? You know what's funny is I don't even think I read the whole book. It's still my most <laughs> recommended book, I think, of all time. And uh, 
I think I put the book down after that. You know, sometimes you, when you're personally developing, like when you hear what you need, just put the book down, man. Um, but basically the, the whole premise around it was, um, was that most people, it's not even just women. Like you don't need to be a woman to read this book. Okay. But most people hold on to what they have. It's not great. It's not the best they can do, but they hold on to it because they're so scared that they're going to lose it. And if they would just let go, they might just fly. And so I was sitting in a situation where I was making about $200,000 a year. Thank you. I was, you know, 24, 25 years old and I'm sitting there and I read that line where it's like, just let go. You're going to catch yourself is pretty much, is pretty much what it says. You're going to catch yourself at least. And then what if you fly? And let me tell you what I let go. And a week later I'm in network marketing and eight months later I've made a million dollars. And you know, and then obviously we've gone, I've gone much, much further than that. Now that was 20, uh, 2015 that I read that. And so six years, but like, what is it? I would ask everyone listening, like, ask yourself, what is it you're holding onto? Like, what is that thing that you know is limiting you and is holding you back? Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a, a company. Maybe a, whatever. What is it? And what if you just let go? And you trust that God, the universe, whatever it is you choose to believe in, has you. And that all of the work you've been putting in to develop into the person that you have become or are going to become will allow you to fly. And I soared and I've taken a lot of people with me, which is the best part of all of it. So what were you holding on to that you had to let go of to make all this success afterwards? Yeah, I was just holding, I was holding on so dearly to that $200,000. Like it was like 175. So it's like $175,000 a year. And people kept telling me like, no, like you've made it. You know, like this is the party company. Yeah, like you've you've come so far. Most people never make two hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, you you became a six figure earner when you were twenty three. Like, like all you know, tell me all this stuff, right? And so I had all these voices, and then I had to realize they're telling you that because there's a direct interest of theirs financially if you stay here. This is not. This is not. This is not advice that is in your best interest, Jesse Lee. This is in their best interest. And my final straw, because I think sometimes it just takes your epiphany moment. And I had two epiphany moments back to back, same day. And it just, uh, then it was, it was it, it was done. There was no way I could stay in that, in that party planning direct sales company, you know, building businesses, you know, door to door, basically, you know, in living rooms around the country. But, um, one conversation just, it made my, uh, like, what? I'm standing out on the sidewalk in Chicago. I still remember her name. Her name was Cheryl. And she said, this is right after I read the book, by the way, right after, like an hour after reading that passage, you know how sometimes they say you can't say the wrong thing to the right person or whatever. Like I had that one hour that I was recruitable and it was like, God sent (laughs) everything. He's like, I'm giving it out. Like you are going to get the message today, sister. So I'm sitting there and she, she, I get off this bus on a sidewalk in Chicago and she says, Jesse Lee, you know, we, we have reason to think that you're looking at joining a network marketing company. And I just want to tell you, it's a terrible idea. I'm like, Oh really? And she said, look, you are so talented. You know, you will make, you will make a million dollars a year, but you could lose it all. Those companies get shut down. And I went, you literally just told me that I'm going to make a million dollars a year which it will take me five years to do here, okay? You're telling me I'll make a million dollars a year, but I might lose it all. Like to me, my mind went to, that's like telling a division one athlete who wins the Heisman Trophy, well, it's looking like you're gonna go to the NFL, okay? But what if, what if you, you know, twist your ankle in the off season, okay? Like maybe you should go be an accountant is pretty much what this lady's telling me. And that was like this huge light bulb of like, that's your sign. Let go. She's telling you, Go do it. And then not but five minutes after that, I walk into this hotel lobby again in Chicago and I have this text message from somebody. We're still friends. We texted yesterday. This is all true story. I swear to you, like, won't God do it? I swear. I swear. Sorry if you're not, if you don't believe in God, but you should. So (laughs) anyway, like 
he texted me and he said, I used to post my monthly sales on my Facebook, right? Like I would make the post, I'd post my monthly sales. And he said, I know you're not going to join me in my network marketing company, but I have to tell you, will you please take your sales and put them in any network marketing compensation plan? You're getting robbed by that direct sales company. And I was like, who's this fool? Who's this fool? Like, I didn't know him at the time. I'm like, ugh, go away, creeper. Why are you cold messaging me to, ugh? But, like, I did. And he was right. Wow. I would have been making a million dollars a year. Already. So you got two signs in one day. And the woman who said, Cheryl, Mm -hmm. did you even know her? I think she was, like, the president of, of the direct sales company. And she just pulled you aside and said, don't do network marketing. Like, how did she even know you were thinking about it? That is so crazy. I, you know what? It it all goes back to that book. It was the crappiest incentive trip. I pulled the book out at a dinner where they were finally feeding us for the first time in three days. And I was like boycotting food. This is before I knew about the benefits of fasting. (laughs) So I was like boycotting food because I'm like, this is supposed to be a paid incentive trip. I'm not eating until they feed me. Which was not good because yeah. then I was hangry, you know. And I figured, all right, I'm like a top leader in this company. I should like read instead of fighting with people at this dinner. So I pulled the book out and I was reading the book at dinner. At company dinner. And the CEO said, I need to talk to you later. I'm reading that passage I just keep referencing. And then before he could talk to me, she stopped me on the sidewalk an hour and a half later, two hours later. Oh my God, that's amazing. So this is the last question. You've been so generous with your time. Why is being messy and breaking things part of entrepreneurship? Oh, because messy action is the only way to move forward. You know, it just, all you really need to know is that your why matters, your how doesn't. So why do you want to make that impact? Why do you want to save those families? Why do you want to help more moms? Why do you want to dig wells in Africa? Why do you want to, you know... (laughs) adopt children why do you want to uh set the world on fire or whatever it is for you right why do you want to be on the biggest stages why do you want to be on the cover of forbes why do you want to have private jets why do you want to have a bugatti why whatever it is right why do you want any of the stuff right why do you want to save your church because covid destroyed churches around the world like whatever it is for you why do you want to contribute like that your how is totally irrelevant Because if you look at every single goal I've ever set, which I've set a lot, I'm a very goal-centric person. (laughs) Like, I like goals. Big, scary, crazy goals make no sense. Everything, everything that I say, it it never happens the way I think it's going to. And this is not just in business, too, though. This is in romantic stuff. This is in all, whatever. It literally doesn't matter. I used to write on, I wrote on my Facebook wall the first time I ever said I was going to be a millionaire was 12 years ago. Maybe 13 years ago. And I put it just as a Facebook status. This is when I'm making like, oh my God, what was I doing 13 years ago? Waiting tables. You know what I mean? Like not like a thing. You don't make money like that. Right. But I wrote it on my, I think I had seen it like a, you know, a text meme or something on the internet and I was all pumped about it. I'm like, yes, I'm going to be a millionaire. And I put it on my Facebook as a status update. Like it, it said, you know how it used to be like, Jesse Lee is you remember like, you know, it'd be like Rebecca Whitman is right. right so, right. so it was like, Jesse Lee is going to be the first millionaire in her family was what my status yes. was. And if you look at the comp, like what? I didn't even know the company where I made my first million existed when I made, when I wrote that status, the company I'm with now literally did not exist when I wrote that status. Right. The, I, I was a kid essentially. You know, writing Facebook statuses, waiting tables in college. And I wrote that, but I knew that I wanted that. I was very clear on what I wanted. You need to get really clear on what you want. I just told our team this, uh, we had a training call three hours ago now. Oh, a lot of training calls, you know, but we had one three hours ago where I told them like, you need to do the Bob Proctor goal sheet. I'm like, you need to write your goals down as if they've happened, sign them with a date and look at them a hundred times a day. Because it's amazing what will happen and will turn into your reality. How you do it, who knows? Will it happen though? Oh yeah. Because it happens here in your mind well before it ever happens in reality. Things exist two times. People need to understand this. They exist in your mind and then they become reality. Like my relationship, it was like when when I finally saw him after years, I told like my best friends this too, like, 
the things that were coming out of his mouth toward me, like the sentences he would say, he would say it and I'd be like, what? <laughs> because I had, I had heard it in my head so many times. There's no way he would have known to, like, you're thinking to yourself, there's no way he would have known. I know it's crazy, but this stuff is real. It works. You can call it the power of prayer, power of manifestation, law of attraction. I don't really care what you call it. But if you are thinking constantly, my life is a struggle. If you're thinking constantly, it is hard to make money. If you're thinking all the time, everyone in my family is broke, I am going to be broke too. If you think I'm always going to drive cars that are broken down, I'm never going to have a new car. If you keep saying and thinking and seeing those things, you are having self-perpetuated reality. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you say, you're right. The world is against you, comes out of your mouth, yep. You say the wor- it's easy to make money, <sighs> done. You say customer, I, I don't know, customer acquisition's easy, I don't know. I get, I get 20 customers a day, I don't even really have to try. It just, they just come, they come to me, they find me. Customers find me everywhere, huh. When I couldn't recruit, just to take it back to network marketing for a second here, because I know we're not just talking network marketing, but when I had no recruits, Somebody told me I needed to start saying I was a recruiter. I'm like, that's stupid. That's called lying. My mom said that's lying. <laughs> She's like, no, you need, you need to start doing affirmations. I'm like, this is some hocus pocus, bibbity bobbity boop crap. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we're witches now? We're witches. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm like, we're just crazy witches. Great. Okay. All right. Great. And so I started this affirmation where I said all day, like multiple times a day, I'd say, I'm the best and the best and the best and the best. I'm better than all the rest. Everybody's going to join my team. One, two, three. Yes. And I would just kind of march around the house saying it during the empty spots of my day. And next thing you know, I became top recruiter in my company in my first year. I have a trophy somewhere around here. First year, 2011, I became top recruiter. I went from no idea how to do it, never done anything like this before, didn't know how to talk to people, was awkward, was whatever. I started saying, oh, I'm going to be speaking on the biggest stages in the world. I just spoke in front of 170,000 people a week ago. That is one of the biggest stages in the entire world. There's one bigger stage and that was Tony Robbins stage. So I've taught on the second biggest stage in the entire world, but I've been saying it for years. That's right. So if you want it, go get it. It's and that's, a, that's perfect note to end on. It's intention, not mechanics. It's it's not how, it's why. So Jesse Lee, you have been so generous with your time. I literally could talk to you all day. We could do like an eight hour interview. Yes, yeah, it's fine. But I know that your time is very valuable. So tell my listeners how can they find more of Jesse Lee? We mentioned your podcast. How they how can they find you on social? Yeah, so on all social, I am Jesse Lee Ward. So you can just type that in anywhere. You could Google it if you're, you know, I don't know if you're a Googler or whatever. Um, but Instagram's I'm Bossley. I am B O S S L E E. So is TikTok. Um, uh, what is it? Fa- what, we got Facebook. We got Instagram. We got TikTok. YouTube. Jesse Lee Ward. My podcast is the People's Mentor Podcast, and uh, it is me in my DMs. So if you DM me, I will DM you back. She really will. That's how we got her on the show. (laughs) So amazing. Thank you so much for being on the Balanced Beautiful Abundance Show. If you are listening, 